Hare Krishna, dear devotees, <clears throat> welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios in Hyde, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. We have re renamed it, at least this flat, the Haven, because Anglo-Saxon for Hyde is Haven, and it's become a haven because transcendental sound has been vibrating here every day since we came here. And this is the secret uh, of becoming attracted and attached to Krishna and eventually falling in love with him. And that is hearing about him in the association of other devotees of like mind. And that's what we do here every day. There's so many seminars and talking about hearing and how is this, how is that? But my idea for spreading the hearing is to just hear. Hear, hear. Hear ye, hear ye. Let those who have ears hear. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahimastotram from Sri Krishna Lila Stava verses 412 through 416 by Srila Sanatana Goswami his glorification of the Srimad Bhagavatam goes like this Sarva Shastra Dipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures singular fruit of all the Vedas rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidvan Dodita Ditya, Sri Krishna Padivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali, you are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madguru man mahadana, manishtadagamadbhagya, madananda namostude. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin, atini chuchatakara. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo 
Bhagavate Vasudevaya All right. Lord, Lord Krishna firmly established in Dwarka with the 16,108 queens and the pastimes march on. The meeting, chapter 80, the meeting of Lord Krishna with Sudama Brahmana. King Prikshit was hearing the narrations of the pastimes of Lord Krishna and Lord Balarama from Shukadeva Goswami. These pastimes are transcendentally pleasurable to hear and Maharaj Prikshit asked Shukadeva Goswami as follows. And Maharaj Prikshit addressed Shukadeva Goswami as follows. My dear Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, is both is the bestower of both liberation and love of God simultaneously. Krishna, anyone who becomes a devotee of the Lord, automatically attains liberation without having to make a separate attempt. Because the Lord is unlimited, his pastimes and activities for creating, maintaining, and destroying the whole cosmic manifestation are also unlimited. I therefore wish to hear about other pastimes of His which you may not have described as yet. My dear Master, the conditioned souls within this material world are frustrated by searching out the pleasure of happiness derived from sense gratification. Such desires for material enjoyment are always piercing the hearts of conditioned souls. But I am actually experiencing how the transcendental topics of Lord Krishna's pastimes can relieve one from being affected by such material activities of sense gratification. I think that no intelligent person can reject this method of hearing the transcendental pastimes of the Lord again and again. Simply by hearing, one can remain always steeped in transcendental pleasure. Thus, one will not be attracted by material sense gratification. I mean, this is too good. I've got to read this again. Do you mind, anybody? Does anybody mind? Here we go. This is so good. My dear, I'm going back up. My dear Master, the conditioned souls within this material world are frustrated by searching out the pleasure of happiness derived from sense gratification. Such desires for material enjoyment are always piercing the hearts of conditioned souls. But I am actually experiencing how the transcendental topics of Lord Krishna's pastimes can relieve one from being affected by such material activities of sense gratification. I think that no intelligent person can reject this method of hearing the transcendental pastimes of the Lord again and again.
simply by hearing. One can remain always steeped in transcendental pleasure. Thus, one will not be attracted by material sense gratification. In this statement, Maharaj Pariksit has used two important words, vishana and visheshagya. Vishana means morose. Materialistic people invent many ways and means to become fully satisfied, but actually they remain morose. The point may be raised that sometimes transcendentalists, transcendentalists also remain morose. Brikshit Maharaj, however, has used the word visheshagya. There are two kinds of transcendentalists, namely the impersonalists and the personalists. Visheshagya refers to the personalists who are interested in transcendental variegatedness. The, the devotees become jubilant by hearing the descriptions of the personal activities of the Supreme Lord, whereas the impersonalists, who are actually more attracted by the impersonal feature of the Lord, are only superficially attracted by the Lord's personal activities. As such, in spite of coming in contact with the pastimes of the Lord, the impersonalists do not fully realize the benefit to be derived, and thus they become just as morose as the materialists do in pursuing their fruitive activities. King Prichet continued, The ability to talk can be perfected only by describing the transcendental qualities of the Lord. Again, the ability to talk can be perfected only by describing the transcendental qualities of the Lord. The ability to work with one's hands can be successful only when one engages himself in the service of the Lord with those hands. Similarly, one's mind can be peaceful only when one simply thinks of Krishna in full Krishna consciousness. This does not mean that one has to have great, very great thinking power. One has to understand simply that Krishna, the Absolute Truth, is all-pervasive by his localized aspect of Paramatma. If one can simply think that Krishna as Paramatma is everywhere, even within the atom, then one can perfect the thinking, feeling, and willing functions of his mind. The perfect devotee does not see the material world as it appears to material eyes, for he sees every, everywhere the presence of his worshipable Lord in his Paramatma feature. Maharaj Prichit continued by saying that the function of the ear can be perfected simply by, by engagement in hearing the transcendental activities of the Lord and the function of the head can be fully utilized when the head is engaged in bowing down before the Lord and His representative. That the Lord is represented in everyone's heart is a fact, and therefore the highly advanced devotee 
offers his respects to every living entity, considering that the body is the temple of the Lord. But it is not possible for all men to come to that stage of life immediately, because that stage is for the first-class devotee. The second-class devotee can consider the Vaishnavas or the devotees of the Lord to be representatives of Krishna, and the devotee who was just beginning the neophyte or third-class devotee can bow his head before the deity in the temple and before the spiritual master, who is the direct manifestation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, in the neophyte stage, in the intermediate stage, or in the fully advanced, perfected stage, one can make the function of the head perfect by bowing down before the Lord or His representative. Similarly, one can perfect the function of the eyes by seeing the Lord and His representative. In this way, everyone can elevate the functions of the different parts of his body to the highest perfectional stage simply by engaging them in the service of the Lord or his representative. If one is able to do nothing more, he can simply bow down before the Lord and his representative and drink the charinamrita, the water which has washed the lotus feet of the Lord or his devotee. On hearing these statements of Maharaj Prikshit's, Shukadeva Goswami was overwhelmed with devotional ecstasy because of King Prikshit's advanced understanding of the Vaishnava philosophy. Shukadeva Goswami was already engaged in describing the activities of the Lord and when asked by Maharaj Prikshit to describe them further, he continued to narrate Srimad Bhagavatam with great pleasure. There was a very nice brahmana, friend of Lord Krishna. As a perfect brahmana, he was very elevated in transcendental knowledge and because of his advanced knowledge, he was not at all attached to material enjoyment. Therefore, he was very peaceful and had achieved supreme control over his senses. This means that the Brahmana was a perfect devotee. <clears throat> because unless one is a perfect devotee, he cannot achieve the highest standard of knowledge. It is stated in the Bhagavad Gita that a person who has come to the perfection of knowledge, <clears throat> it is stated in the Bhagavad Gita that a person who has come to the perfection of knowledge surrenders unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In other words, any person who has surrendered his life for the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead has come to the point of perfect knowledge. The result of perfect knowledge is that one becomes detached from the materialistic way of life. This detachment means complete control of the senses, which are always attracted by material enjoyment. The senses of the devotee become purified, and in that stage, the senses are engaged in the service of the Lord. That is the complete field of devotional service. Although the Brahmana friend of Lord Krishna 
was a householder, he was not busy accumulating wealth for very comfortable living. Therefore, he was satisfied by the income which automatically came to him according to his destiny. This is the sign of perfect knowledge. A man in perfect knowledge knows that one cannot be happier than he is destined to be. In this material world, everyone is destined to suffer a certain amount of distress and, and enjoy a certain amount of happiness. The amount of happiness and distress is already predestined for every living entity. No one can increase or decrease the happiness of the materialistic way of life. The Brahmana, therefore, did not exert himself for more material happiness. Instead, he used his time for advancement of Krishna consciousness. Externally, he appeared very poor because he had no rich clothes and could not provide rich clothes for his wife. Because their material condition was not very opulent, they were not even eating sufficiently, and thus both he and his wife appeared very thin. The wife was not anxious for her personal comfort, but she felt concerned for her husband, who was such a pious brahmana. She trembled due to her weak health, and although she did not like to dictate to her husband, she spoke as follows. My dear Lord, I know that Lord Krishna, the husband of the goddess of fortune, is your personal friend. You are also a devotee of Lord Krishna, and he is always ready to help his devotee. Even if you think that you are not rendering any devotional service to the Lord, still you are surrendered to him, and the Lord is the protector of the surrendered soul. Moreover, I know that Lord Krishna is the ideal personality of Vedic culture. He is, also, he is always in favor of Brahminical culture, and he is very kind to the qualified Brahmanas. You are the most fortunate person because you have, because you have as your friend the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Lord Krishna is the only shelter for personalities like you because you are fully surrendered unto Him. You are saintly, learned, and fully in control of your senses. Under these circumstances, Lord Krishna is your only shelter. Please, therefore, go to Him. I am sure that He will immediately understand your impoverished position. You are a householder. Therefore, without money, you are in distress. But as soon as He understands your position, he will certainly give you sufficient riches so that you can live very comfortably. Lord Krishna is now the king of the Bhoja, Vishni, and Andaka dynasties, and I have heard that he never leaves his capital city, Dwaraka. He is living there without outside engagements. He is so kind and liberal that he immediately gives everything, even his personal self, to any person who surrenders unto Him. Since He is prepared to give Himself personally to His devotee, there is nothing wonderful in giving some material riches. Of course, He does not give much material wealth 
to his devotee if the devotee is not very much fixed. But I think that in your case, he knows perfectly well how much you are fixed in devotional service. Therefore, he will not hesitate to award you some material benefit for the bare necessities of life. In this way, the wife of the Brahmana again and again requested in great humility and submission that he go to Lord Krishna. The Brahmana thought that there was no need to ask any material benefit from Lord Sri Krishna, but he was induced by the repeated requests of his wife. Moreover, he thought, if I go there, I shall be able to see the Lord personally. That will be a great opportunity, even if I don't ask any material benefit from him. When he had decided to go to Krishna, he asked his wife if she had anything in the home that he could offer to Krishna, because he must take some presentation to it for his friend. The wife immediately collected four palmfuls of chipped rice from her neighbor, neighborhood friends and tied it in a small cloth like a handkerchief and gave it to her husband to present it to Krishna. <laughs> Without waiting any longer, the Brahmana took the presentation and proceeded toward Dwarka to see his Lord. He was absorbed in the thought of how he would be able to see Lord Krishna. He had no thought within his heart other than Krishna. It was, of course, very difficult to reach the palaces of the kings of the Yadu dynasty, but Brahmanas were allowed to visit. When the Brahmana friend of Lord Krishna went there, he, along with other Brahmanas, had to pass through three military encampments. In each camp, there were very big gates, and he also had to pass through them. After the gates and the camps, there were 16,000 big palaces, the residential quarters of the 16,000 queens of Lord Krishna. The Brahmana entered one palace, which was very gorgeously decorated. When he entered this beautiful palace, he felt that he was swimming in the ocean of transcendental pleasure. He felt himself constantly diving and surfacing in that transcendental ocean. At that time, Lord Krishna was sitting on the bedstead of Queen Rukmini. Even from a considerable distance, he could see the Brahmana coming to his home, and he could recognize him as his friend. Lord Krishna immediately left his seat and came forward to receive his Brahmana friend, and upon reaching him, embraced the Brahmana with his two arms. Lord Krishna is the, is the reservoir of all transcendental pleasure. Yet he himself felt great pleasure upon embracing the poor Brahmana because he was meeting his very dear friend. Lord Krishna had seated him on his own bedstead and personally brought all kinds of fruits and drinks to offer him as is proper in receiving a worshipable guest. Lord Sri Krishna is the supreme pure but because he was playing the role of an ordinary human being, he immediately washed the Brahmana's feet and for his own purification sprinkled the water onto his head. 
After this, the Lord smeared the body of the Brahmana with different kinds of scented pulp, such as sandalwood, guru, and saffron. He immediately burned several kinds of scented incense and, is as, is as usual, as is usual, offered him arati with burning lamps. After thus offering him an adequate welcome, and after the Brahmana had taken food and drink, Lord Krishna said, My dear friend, it is great, a great fortune that you have come here. The Brahmana, being very poor, was not dressed nicely. His clothing was torn and dirty, and his body very lean and thin. He appeared not very clean, and because of his weak body, his bones were distinctly visible. The goddess of fortune, Rukmini Devi, personally began to fan him with the Chamara fan. But the other women in the palace were astonished at Lord Krishna's behavior in receiving the Brahmana in that way. They were surprised to see how, Lord, how eager Lord Krishna was to welcome this particular Brahmana. They wondered how Lord Krishna could personally receive a Brahmana who was poor, not very neat or clean, and poorly dressed. But at the same time, they could realize that the Brahmana was not an ordinary living being. They knew that he must have performed great pious activities. Otherwise, why was Lord Krishna, the husband of the goddess of fortune, taking care of him so much? They were still more surprised to see that the Brahmana was seated on the bedstead of Lord Krishna. They were especially surprised to see that Lord Krishna had embraced him exactly as he embraced his elder brother, Balaramaji, because Lord Krishna used to embrace only Rukmini or Balarama and no one else. After the Brahmana had been received nicely and seated on Lord Krishna's own cushioned bed, he and Krishna took each other's hands and began to talk about their early life when they had both lived under the protection of the Gurukula, a boarding school. Lord Krishna said, My dear Brahmana friend, you are a most intelligent personality and you know very well the principles of religious life. I believe that after you finished your education at the house of our teacher and after you sufficiently remunerated him, you must have gone back to your home and accepted a suitable wife. I know very well that from the beginning you were not at all attached to the materialistic way of life, nor did you desire to be very opulent materially, and therefore you were in need of money. In this material world, persons who are not attached to material opulence are very rarely found. Such unattached persons haven't the least desire to accumulate wealth and prosperity, prosperity for sense gratification. But sometimes they are found to collect money just to exhibit the exemplary life of a householder. They show how by proper distribution of wealth one can become an ideal householder and at the same time a great devotee. Such ideal householders 
or are to be considered followers of my footsteps. I hope, my dear Brahmana, friend, that you remember all those days of our school. I hope, my, my, I hope, my dear Brahmana, friend, that you remember all those days of our school life when you and I were living together at the boarding school. Actually, whatever knowledge you and I received in life was accumulated in our student life. If a man is sufficiently educated in student life under the guidance of a proper teacher, his life becomes successful in the future. He can easily cross over the ocean of nations and he is not subject to the influence of the illusory energy. My dear friend, everyone should consider his father to be his first teacher because by the mercy of one's father one gets this body. The Father is therefore the natural spiritual master. Our next spiritual master is he who initiates us into transcendental knowledge. And he is to be worshipped as much as I am. The spiritual master may be more than one. The spiritual master who instructs the disciple about spiritual matters is called the Shiksha Guru. And the spiritual master who initiates the disciple is called the Diksha Guru. Both of them are my representatives. There may be many spiritual masters who instruct, but the, initiator spirit, initiating spirit, the initiator's spiritual master is one. A human being who takes advantage of these spiritual masters and, receiving proper knowledge from them, crosses the ocean of material existence. To be, is to be understood as having properly utilized his human form of life. He has practical knowledge that the ultimate interest of life, which is to be gained only in this human form, is to achieve spiritual perfection and thus be transferred home, back home, back to Godhead. My dear friend, I am Paramatma, the Supersoul present in everyone's heart. And it is my direct order that human society follow the principles of Varna and Ashram. As I have stated in the Bhagavad Gita, human society should be divided into four Varnas according to quality and action. Similarly, everyone should divide his life into four parts. One should utilize the first part of life in becoming a bona fide student, receiving adequate knowledge and keeping oneself in the vow of brahmacharya so that one may completely devote his life for the service of the spiritual master without indulging in sense gratification. A brahmachari is meant to lead in a life of austerities and penance the householder is meant to live a regulated life of sense gratification, but no one should remain a householder for the third stage of life. In that stage, one has to return to the austerities and penances formerly practiced in brahmachari life and thus relieve himself of the attachment to householder life. After being relieved of his attachments to the materialistic way of life, one may accept the order 
of sannyas. As the super soul of the living entities, I sit in everyone's heart and observe everyone's activity in every stage and order of life. Regardless of which stage one is in, when I see that one is engaged seriously and sincerely in discharging the duties ordered by the spiritual master and is thus dedicating his life to the service of the spiritual master, that person becomes most dear to me. As far as the life of brahmacharya is concerned, if one can continue the life of a brahmachari under the direction of a spiritual master, that is extremely good. But if in brahmachari life one feels sex impulses, he should take leave of his spiritual master, satisfying him, satisfying him according to the guru's desire. According to the Vedic system, a gift is offered to the spiritual master, which is called Guru Dakshina. Then the disciple should take to householder life, household life and accept a wife according to religious rites. These instructions given by Lord Krishna while talking with his friend, the learned Brahmana, are very good for the guidance of human society. A system of human civilization that does not promote varna and ashrama is nothing but a polished animal society. Indulgence in sex life by a man or woman living single is never acceptable in human society. A man should strictly follow the principles of brahmachari life or with the permission of the spiritual master, one should, should get married. Single life with illicit sex is animal life, for the animals have no such an institution as marriage. Modern society does not aim at fulfilling the mission of human life, which is to go back home, back to Godhead. To fulfill this mission, the system of Varna and Ashrama must be followed. When the system is followed rigidly and consciously, it fulfills this mission. But when followed indirectly, without the guidance of superior authority, it simply creates a disturbing condition in human society, and there is no peace and prosperity. Krishna continued to talk with his Brahmana friend. My dear friend, I think you remember our activities during the days when we were living as students. You may remember that once we went to collect fuel from the forest on the order of the Guru's wife. While collecting the dry wood, we entered the dense forest and by chance became lost. There was an unexpected dust storm and then clouds and lightning in the sky and the explosive sound of thunder. Then sunset came and we were lost in the dark jungle. After this, there was severe rainfall. The whole ground was overflooded with water, and we could not trace, our, trace out the way to return to our Guru's ashram. You may remember that heavy rainfall, it was not actually rainfall, but a sort of devastation. On account of the dust storm and the heavy rain, we began to feel greatly pained 
and in whichever direction we turned, we were bewildered. In that distressed condition, we took each other's hand and tried to find our way out. We passed the whole night in that way, and early in the morning, when our absence became known to our Gurudev, he sent his other disciples to search us out. He also came with them, and when they reached us in the jungle, they found us very much distressed. With great compassion, our Gurudev said, My dear boys, it is very wonderful that you have suffered so much trouble for me. Everyone likes to take care of his body as the first consideration, but you are so good and faithful to your Guru that without caring for bodily comforts, you have taken so much trouble for me. I am glad to see that bona fide students like you will undergo any kind of trouble for the satisfaction of the spiritual master. That is the way for a bona fide disciple to become free from his debt to the spiritual master. It is the duty of the disciple to dedicate his life to the service of the spiritual master. My dear best of the twice-born, I am greatly pleased by your acts, and I bless you. May all your desires and ambitions be fulfilled. May the understanding of the Vedas, which you have learned from me, always continue to remain within your memory, so that at every moment you can remember the teachings of the Vedas and quote their instructions without difficulty. Thus you will never be disappointed in this life or the next. Krishna continued, Krishna continued, My dear friend, you may remember that many such incidents occurred while we were in the ashram of our spiritual master. Both of us can realize that without the blessings of the spiritual master, no one can be happy. By the mercy of the spiritual master and by his blessings, one can achieve peace and prosperity and be able to fulfill the mission of human life. On hearing this, the learned Brahmana replied, My dear Krishna, you are the Supreme Lord and the Supreme Spiritual Master of everyone. And since I was fortunate enough to live with you in the house of our Guru, I think I have nothing more to do in the matter of prescribed Vedic duties. My dear Lord, the Vedic hymns, ritualistic ceremonies, religious activities, and all other necessities for the perfection of human life, including economic development, sense gratification, and liberation are all derived from one source, your Supreme Personality. All the different processes of life are ultimately meant for understanding your Personality. In other words, they are the different parts of your transcendental form, and yet you played the role of a student and lived with us in the house of the Guru. This means that you adopted all these pastimes for your pleasure only. Otherwise, there was no need for your playing the role of a human being. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 18th, 80th chapter of Krishna, the meeting of Lord Krishna 
with Sudama Brahma. All glories to the transcendental knowledge that was exchanged, that was given by Lord Krishna to the transcendental Brahmana. All glories to human life based on the Vedic principles, which is natural life of happiness. Hare Krishna. So, it's exactly 8 o'clock and we can uh, stop our readings here and um, Hare Krishna Jai Shri Krishna Jai Sudama Brahmana Ki Jai First is from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Gopakanya Devi Dasi is first off the block every single time. She's a ro she's a racer. She says, Jai Maharaj Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and your daily reading service of Krishna Katha. Jai Ho. Well, thank you for that. And this is from Deva Dharana. Devadharana, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. I am so happy to be here today. Slash tonight. Well, we are happy that you're here today. Hare Krishna. Sudevi Dasi says Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi. This is a wonderful story, huh? Of Sudama Brahmana. Mm. How Krishna teaches us how to treat a friend. How, how one should be loyal to his friends. Mm. Bhakta Rupa says, Jai Maharaj. Jai Bhakta Rupa. Haribo. From Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna Bhakti Noel. She says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I am reflecting on your daily readings as I am back from the Holy Dham and mm. transitioning into my daily life. I am so grateful to be able to hear you, to hear you read these transcendental pastimes and be reminded that the Lord is unlimited. Mm. It helps to soften my separation and focus my frustrated conditioned soul to get back to Godhead. Mm. Thank you for your service. Thank you for that deep understanding and realization. Uh, very well spoken and well received. Hare Krishna. Thank you. And thank you for your service. These words in this chapter today are sublime as usual. Yes. All glories to Sri Lanka. Yeah, they're particularly, aren't they? When the words come directly from Krishna, they become particularly meaningful and deep. From Braj Balaba. Haribo Braj. He says, Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Haribo. 
I am wondering how we should understand the difference between Krishna and Balaram. Is it an offensive thing to think of Krishna and not so much Balaram? Well, no. Uh, Krishna and Balaram are the same person. They're the same person. But Krishna is unlimited and therefore he can have more than one form. And that's exactly what Balaram is. He's a, the counterpart of Lord Krishna. And he's the first. The difference between, there's only two differences between Lord Krishna and Lord Balaram. One of them is his attitude. He considers him, he's the first person, well, we say first not in terms of time, order of time, but he's the uh, most prominent. The, the, the first expansion of Krishna who thinks that he's Krishna's servant. So Krishna doesn't think himself his own servant, but he does think himself a servant of his devotees. And Lord Balaram is the first person who thinks of Krishna as his master, but he's also his brother. So it, it's actually the only way you can understand this is by continually hearing and chanting about Krishna, performing all your duties in life dedicated to, to Lord Krishna's pleasure. And in that way become absorbed in pure devotional service. And do your duties. Um, take the fruits of your duties enough so that you're maintain properly the bare necessities of life according to the standard of living that you have uh, acquired by your karma and give the fruits for spreading Christian consciousness and um, then gradually uh, by, by constant and, and repeated hearing of these eternal truths in Prabhupada's books you will actually your eyes will open and you will see everything properly, and then you will be able to understand Krishna and Balarama. They also have different bodily complexions. Other than that, they're the same. Hare Krishna. <clears throat> this is from Shadanjali. Hare Krishna, Shadanjali. He says, Haribo Maharaj. Yes, and my, my affectionate obeisances to your, uh, your, to your husband, my dear friend, Kalachanji. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri Jai, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. So happy you are back to reading. Thank you so much. This is from uh, David Dharana. Haribo Devadarana. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Yes, I have a, a Diksha Guru, and you are my Shiksha Guru. How fortunate I am. <laughs> Hare I Krishna. I humbly offer my obeisances to my Guru Maharaj and to you. Srila Prabhupada's beautiful disciples have given me my like, life full of 
our Lord. Sri Krishna, what mercy. Hare Krishna, thank you so much. Thank you for receiving the instructions of Krishna as he gave them to Sudama Brahmana so nicely and acting on them yourself, following their footsteps. Thank you. Very fortunate person. From Brian Phillips. Oh, Bhakti Brian, Haribo. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaja and fellow recipients of this nectar. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai, glories to Prabhupada. <coughs> Rati Manjari says Jai Guru Maharaj. Hey Rati, Haribo. Coming in late, but I will catch up right away. Hare Krishna. Oh, you'll love this one. The chapter, instructions, Krishna to Sudama Brahmana. <coughs> and to all of us. This is from Ananda Murti Devi Dasi. Hari Balanan Murti. She says, Jai Guru Dev, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. This is so nice chapter that I could understand how it is important to execute Guru's mission. Yes. Something from Daitari Haridas. Daitari Haridas, Haribo. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thanks again for the reading tonight. There were a lot of practical instructions in tonight's reading. Oh, yes, wonderful, true. Especially to do with our relationship with the spiritual master. Mm. <coughs> it's probably a very basic question, but what what's the best way to become attached to the spiritual master? Well, to uh, to give yourself in service and to assist him in his mission and to uh, try to the best of your ability to make him comfortable in all ways and to assist him in his mission, which is which is to serve Krishna. The spiritual master's duty is to teach his disciples the service attitude. So when he sees a, a, a disciple advancing in Krishna consciousness by following the regular principles and the, the different cultural and spiritual um, activities internally and externally, then he becomes very pleased. There's a nice little purport in this section of the seventh chapter of the Adi Lila, in which um, Lord Chaitanya is talking to Prakashananda, Saraswati Thakur, and he, Prakashananda Saraswati Thakur, was uh, unfavorable to Lord Chaitanya because he was a Mayavadi and he was completely absorbed in studying the Vedanta Sutra. Sharyarakabhasya of uh, Shankaracharya and he thought that the sannyasi's duty was simply to study the Vedanta Sutra and not to chant and dance in the streets he considered that to be uh, sentimental 
activity. It's not the real business of a sannyasi. So, when he asked Lord Chaitanya, who had come to the to, to his place in the company of all the Mayavadi sannyasis, which he normally didn't do, because normally Vaishnava sannyasis don't uh, stay in the company of visit the Mayavadi sannyasis. Um, he asked Lord Chaitanya, why is it you just chant Hare Krishna and dance like this? Why don't you study the Vedanta Sutra? Like you, You're in our line, I can see that. Your spiritual master was Keshava Bharti in the, our same line. And Lord Chaitanya said, actually, my spiritual master called me a fool. He considered me a fool. He said, you're not uh, qualified to to study Vedanta Sutra. He said, you just chant the holy name of Krishna. And so I chanted the holy name of Krishna. And while I was doing that, I became like I was mad. You know, I felt like I was going crazy. And I went to my spiritual master and I I put this question to him. What kind of mantra have you given me? I'm coming mad crying and can't do anything spiritual master said oh very good very happy to see that you are advancing in spiritual life and you've come to the conclusion of devotional life of spiritual life and then in the purport to that verse Lord Chaitanya I mean Srila Prabhupada writes that the spiritual master isn't happy uh, necessarily when a disciple brings money to him, but he's ha- he's happy when he sees the disciple advancing in Christian consciousness, following the regulative principles, and engaging in uh, devotional service in the, in the nine processes of devotional service, de- dedicating his life to to Krishna. Hare Krishna. I don't know why I brought that out, but there it came. And this is a comment that he has. Um, he says also the point of human life based on Vedic principles. Gopal Roy was explaining today that he heard from Bhakti Vidyapurna Swami about how Krishna likes it when we apply Varnashrama Dharma because we're interacting with his energy the way he prescribes. How important is it that we introduce Varnashram? Well, the Varnashram system is meant to please Krishna because he did create it. So it's important, but there is an Asura uh, Varnashram. Sura Varnashram is uh, indulged in for different reasons than just to please Krishna. And the Sura Varnashram, when it's not performed properly according to instructions of Krishna, where where all of the 
uh, varnas and ashrams cooperate together to please Krishna, there tends to be competition, you know, and the brahmanas will try to overlord the chatras, and the chatras will try to overlord the vaishas, and the vaishas will overlord the shudras, etc., etc. And it becomes uh, a competitive society with uh, individual interests in, in place of the interest of Krishna. So it is very important that we organize our society in the principles of Varnashram. But you should always remember that a Vaishnava who is engaged in devotional service exclusively is not within the Varnashram. He is transcendental to the Varnashram system. But still, he will act within that system uh, for the pleasure of the Lord. And the, exam the example is given of Arjuna. Arjuna gave many reasons why he shouldn't fight the battle of Kurukshetra. And those reasons came right from Dharma Shastras. Uh, we've heard, we were just heard the, the chapter, first chapter yesterday, when, when uh, Arjuna was giving his reasons for not fighting. And some of them were, you know, the destruction that comes from war uh, of the uh, systems of, of uh, duties, uh, you know, sacrifices for one's forefathers and, you know, the, or the organization of religious principles becomes disturbed and the women become husbandless after war and they become polluted and then the uh, population becomes unwanted and therefore a great disturbance in society. So the Varnashram system is meant Oh, but, but Arjun was a Kshatriya and it was his duty. And there's a verse in the Gita that says that happy are the Kshatriyas to whom fighting opportunities come unsought, opening the doors to the heavenly planets. Uh, and also that if one doesn't do one's duty, then the other members of the ashram will look down on the person and think that he's not fighting out of, out of cowardice. And, they, and he will speak words that are hurtful and harmful and, uh, and, and a person who has been honored who, who is dishonored like that is, is, it's worse than death so these principles are all meant to make society peaceful and why is it made to make society peaceful? it's meant to make society peaceful so that we can think of Krishna that's the purpose of the Varnashram system the Daivi Varnasham system. So it is very important for us to establish that system, but not to think of ourselves in terms of Brahmana and Kshatriya, uh, but think of ourselves as devotees of Krishna. That's the Vaishnava. The Vaishnava can actually do any duty of any ashram, of any, of any uh, Varna. So it has to be done in the right Mentality, it has to be done properly according to Krishna's direction. Chatravarnya mayashristam guna karma vibhagasaha. According to the quality and the ability to work. Everyone has natural abilities to work and he should follow those natural tendencies. So, yes, it's very important. 
And the reason it's important is so that the human life, human society can become peaceful, so that people will be attracted to think of Krishna and able to think of Krishna. Hare Krishna. This is from Gauranga Gopal. Haribo Gauranga Gopal. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for for reading this very nice chapter. I feel very grateful to be engaged in book distribution as it mm. seems to be providing us such a nice opportunity mm. to train ourselves to undergo trouble for our spiritual master mm. and endear us to Lord Krishna. Most amazingly, this trouble we seemingly go through is actually real nectar when we are going through it with other amazing devotee friends. Amazing. Nice description, yes. Like Krishna and Sudama, it seems like going through tough times for the sake of Guru builds extremely strong and intimate relationships. Yes, that is the lesson. That's very good. That's a very good realization and reflection, and it is the purpose of the chapter. This seems to me to be the most precious precious gift of Krishna consciousness. Yes. Absolutely. And it's the root of advanced devotional service. Association with devotees. From Ananda Murti Devi Dasi. She says, Yesterday it took a long time to distribute three Bhagavad Gita's. So I was almost crying because it was 8 p.m. after work after the job and I had to go back home to take care of my daughter but at last I met two nice people and I had a deep discussion with each of them huh. they accepted Gita very nicely and at the last they also donated very they promised nice. to read Gita carefully thank you so much for your blessing ah, very nice Thank you very much for that wonderful service for human society. From Radhananda. Hare Krishna Radhananda, Devi Dasi. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my grateful obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you very much for your reading again. It is so encouraging to hear tonight's reading. Krishna gives very clear instructions for householder life and the sweetness of the relationship between him and Sudama Brahmana. Oh, yes. And from Maheshwar Subedi. Maheshwara Subedi. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Those were wonderful reflections. And of course, this chapter is many devotees' favorite chapter because of this loving relationship between Krishna and Sudama Brahmana and how even though they live so different lives, they were still very affectionate to one another because of their friendship and the tutelage of their spiritual master. So, yes, this is real life. This is real life. Learning the art of living 
you know, uh, the way Krishna taught us. Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Ki Jai, Samabeda Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Prem Anandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic. The unlimited nectarian pastimes of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow night.